Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 111, 111, and it is Tuesday, February 27th, 2018. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's good, yeah? Yes, indeed, man. We are just uh, two days two days away from March, March Madness. Um, is, is that a thing? Is that like a sports thing? Okay. Are you gonna get bougie and act like you don't know what it is? Yeah, March Madness is that is that is that is that the phenomenon where people get like mad about college basketball or yeah, something? Yeah, it's a college. Yeah, it's a college basketball tournament. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no one cares. But uh, you'd be surprised. Like, yeah, the March Madness people doing the March Madness brackets, mm. they go in. Yeah, I mean, and they have like and they have like big prizes for perfect brackets. Oh, really? like I know one company I was, I keep forgetting, but they do like a billion dollar prize if you have the perfect bracket, hmm. because it's virtually impossible mm-hmm. to have a perfect bracket. Okay, impossible because like there's... you have to, like they have all the teams listed as a per out for the tournament bracket, mm-hmm. and you have to match the exact outcome mm-hmm. with all these different schools. Um, I say like maybe thirty two or more, mm-hmm. and each win you have to match like each winner hmm. to okay. get it. Virtually impossible. I literally lose within like the first get like the first two games. Hmm. Okay. Now, um, I I suspect that money is involved in these uh, bracket. Yeah, people, I mean, some people gamble and stuff. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, if money is involved, I do find it ironic because, uh, as you know, college athletes don't see one dime of that money, and that's one reason why sports is so damn overrated in this culture that you got student athletes that bust their ass, and yet they don't see one dime of that money, and yet you have college yeah, coaches yeah. making millions of dollars. Yeah. Come on, Yo, now. The NCAA is like a billion-dollar business. Exactly, and it's, and it's unjust, and that's why I, I, for one, advocate that college athletes Athletic programs and sports should be shut down. I wouldn't say no. Nah, I wouldn't do all that. I would say because what because it leads to bigger because it leads to bigger and better opportunities for them to go to the pros. I mean, I mean, the, the odds are so that's, high though. That's I mean, basically what it is. It's like it's like developmental. But what they can do is for like the you know the kids who don't get drafted is just put them in like hell that like hell they can go to the XFL. Yeah. Or any other leagues, or, or you know, they have their de- or other developmental leagues, yeah, where they don't make as much, mm. but you know, they're still, you know, they're still playing. Okay, so like one of them, um, Pop Warner leagues or whatever it's called. Not Pop Warner, but more like a, like a developmental league. Okay, all right, cool, cool. Like yeah. the NBA has one, MLB has one, NFL doesn't. Oh, okay. Cool. So maybe like those who don't make it, don't make it into the NFL can actually um they they can go to the XFL when it comes up. Oh, cool. You know, I mean, the the XFL is something of interest. I mean, I'm pretty sure uh, maybe, maybe the Cowboys should transfer to the XFL. Not you shut, and shut your uh, face. they can win something. Shut your face. Shut your face. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we are. But yes, uh, it's February 27th, and uh, since we are at the tail end of Black History Month, we're going to talk about uh, black heroes and black superheroes and villains and black nerd culture, uh, like favorite heroes and whatnot, comics, video even games. Even ones we don't like. Yeah, even ones we don't like, yeah. Some, we'll, just, we'll throw it all in there, you know. 
And uh, and as always, you can be part of the conversation if you join us on our Facebook group chat, uh, since we are live. And if you're listening on SoundCloud after the fact or watching us after the fact, then you can email us at codexprimepodcast at gmail.com. So with all that, uh, got got a few things to talk about. So, Carl, what have you been up to, first this of all? This is my girlfriend's daughter's birthday party this weekend. Yeah. So, you know, happy third birthday to her. Happy birthday, Jazzy. She watches. She says we're famous and we're on TV. <laughs> <laughs> But Jesus Christ, I do not want to hear anything else of Trolls ever again. Like, it was the Trolls theme, and it was just everywhere. Uh, Yeah, the movie, the music. Everything. Mm. Yes. I'm so done. I hear that, man. Done. Mm. Done. (laughs) Yeah. So then... At least it wasn't Frozen. I had to play play the Let It Go song. Aw. Yeah, I DJ DJ too, so... (laughs) All them kitty songs, they were played. But one thing I will say, you probably might find taking a liking to this. So she started watching wrestling a bit. Okay. She she mainly likes two entrances. Mm-hmm. Demon Finn Balor, surprisingly. Oh, okay. Because she likes the whole arms in the air thing. Mm-hmm. And she likes Bailey. Oh, of course. Nice. <laughs> like she knows the words to the song already. <laughs> wow. Like she sung lyrics to the song. Like I didn't even notice that were there. Wow. She likes the wacky waving inflatable tube. Oh, she freaking loves it. <laughs> she loves it. That's cool. That's nice. I like that. So like, I figured Bailey would be appropriate. Like she watched the mm. Elimination Chamber, which we'll get into in a bit. Yep. And she caught it like it was the start of the show. So she caught that just in time before I got into work. Mm. So, um, yeah, and also, oh my God, see, I'm sitting there. I want to get into this so I want to get into this, but I'm over here sharing. But um, I came across an article, which is an it's an interview with Quincy Jones by Vulture magazine. Oh, okay, I heard oh about that one. Oh my God, he said some shit, and at this point, he's 84. You know, he's turning 85 next month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's turning 85 this month, and, like, dude just don't give a fuck. He don't care about anything. He just says it. Mm. So, like, they were asking him about, you know, people that he's worked with. Of course, you know, he was, like, he was the producer behind Thriller. Yeah, of course. Thriller. (laughs) Yeah. The greatest record of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, and he was actually saying, like, tell, tell us something about Michael Jackson that you know nobody would know. And he said, "Yo, Michael, Michael stole a lot of stuff." Hmm. Really? Yeah. He was saying, um, like, Greg Gaines actually wrote the C section to uh, "Don't Stop Till You Get Enough," and he didn't give him, a, didn't give him a percentage. Ouch. So, and and of course, um, he went. He goes into like, he knew what he knew what was behind. You know, he knew who. Who was behind the whole John F. Kennedy assassination? So he says. <laughs> you know something? Like I said, he was around like certain. Gee, I don't really mess my computer up. But anyway, um, like he knew. Yeah, he knew that Sam Giancana. I want to say. I hope I'm saying this right. He was a Chicago mobster, and he was actually behind it, saying that um the Chicago mob actually helped Kennedy get the um the votes for Illinois Mm -hmm. and apparently Kennedy didn't live up to his end of the bargain. Mm -hmm. So 
Oh, that's now, not... I'm saying now I'm I've heard that other people like supported this theory. So it's a theory he's going but he's that's he, just what he said. I can actually I'll even post the article on um on our Facebook. Yeah, it sounds like a conspiracy theory to me. Possibly. Um one thing I did think about I did um think about you when he said this too and he's like, "Oh, today's music he feels that it's just lazy and looped." Hmm. Also with film scores. Really? Yeah. So that's what I'm that's what made me think of you when I hmm. when you always say like for instance, you always say that Marvel just doesn't have memorable film scores. Um, you're the only person I know who actually does take the time out to listen to film scores. Mm-hmm. So, like, what it's, do you like? What are your thoughts about that? How they feel is just lazy and loop compared to yeah. like, you know, when he was around doing his thing. I mean, with the film scores, there's some truth in that because uh, that reminds me of a video that I watched uh, from every every frame of painting from mm-hmm. Tony Zhu, and he had a video just on that how. There are so many popular movies that use uh, very similar sounding scores or temp tracks for their for their movies, like a temporary track that that they lay down during editing, and then so they can replace it with an actual score. But the problem is, is that the actual score sounds too much like the temp track, and it all sounds very similar. They just change a couple instruments around. Right. Yeah, and you see that a lot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. Yeah, and also one thing he said too is like Marlon Brando. Legendary actor. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not gonna get into too much detail about this, but he said, "Listen, he fucked everybody." Oh yeah, I read about that. like he fucked Richard Pryor. Yeah, was that what you were alluding to last week? No, because I didn't read the article until like a couple of days ago. Oh okay. I mean, Mar- I mean it's Marlon Brando, so I could believe that. Yeah, I didn't know really too much about Marlon Brando's like mm. personal life, like, but mm. yeah. He- he was like, yeah, real horn dog. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, but, but it's a very, it's a really very interesting article. I actually recommend everybody just everybody just go ahead and read that, especially if you're a fan of music. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Quincy Jones has been in the game for what, 50, 60 years. Yeah, but you know, about fifty years. Do, you know, like I said, he produced Thriller, uh, Off the Wall, Bad. Mm-hmm. So many like hits. I mean, he has like I think a total of like twenty five Grammys, mm, yep. eight in one night with Thriller. Yep. So I mean, he's been around the greats. He's been around them all. Also, another thing you're saying that is like the Beatles, like they were shitty musicians. <laughs> he, you saying like the I think his name was Paul Allen, the Microsoft guy, was like a better musician than all of them. Mm. Wow. You know, have you have you ever listened to any Beatles records? The usual ones, "Come Together," "Let It Be," mm. the ones that you hear on like, like like Rock One Hundred Five or something. And stuff, yeah, yeah. I've I've listened to a couple of uh, a couple of their albums, and like, I mean, generic as fuck. I wouldn't go so far yeah. as to say generic, but I mean, I could say that I respect their contributions more than I actually like their music. I would say the same. I would say the same thing. Yeah. Like I probably say, "Come Together" is my favorite Beatles song, mainly because Michael Jackson covered it. Yeah, on History. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they released it on History, but he did it like in the eighties when for Moonwalker. Oh, okay. Yeah. What did you think of Moonwalker, by the way? Moonwalker, uh, was it the the movie? Yeah. I enjoyed it when I was a kid. 
But now when I look at it, I'm like, this, this is cheesy, but I still like it. No, it is. I still like it. I'm like, you know something? Like the whole smooth criminal thing, him turning into a vi- uh, robot at the end, which I thought was dope. Yeah. For its time. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, yo, this was basically just a long ass music video. It, it really they were was. really just all music videos. They it were. It was like music videos as short films. Films, yeah. Yeah. And oh man, do you remember the uh arcade game in the Sega Genesis version? Had it. Yeah. <laughs> Had it. And I want now that I got the little Sega the Sega system, I want to get another copy. Mm. Yeah. Shoot. Give me a give me a gift card. I'm about to ball out at Toy Vault. Yeah, man. Um how much is how much is it? Cuz it's, it's a, I'm sure it's a rare item, Moonwalker. You'll probably find it for cheap. Mm, okay. Yeah, man. That was that was a game that made the most of Sega of the Sega Genesis uh, sound system. <laughs> yeah, because you had sixteen bit versions of your favorite songs. Yeah, except that they had a level for Thriller, mm-hmm. and they didn't use Thriller. <laughs> That's right. They, they used didn't. another part of me, and I'm like, why not? Like he wrote Thriller. Yeah, that was so weird. Actually, no, he didn't write Thriller. That's probably why he didn't do it. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah, royalties and all that. Got to pay the songwriters. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. other than that, um, the same thing. We're going to get into uh, this recent, the recent um, episode of Walking Dead. Mm. That apparently people still, tra- still watch. Yeah, apparently, Mike. This, like, I'll let you take it away because for me, this was not enough for me to get back into the show. It's I can I can understand why. I mean it. I would say Glenn's death, and maybe I'm saying this because of the timing of when it happened. It's like it's, it just feels like it was a desperate ploy mm-hmm. to like because because they have lost viewers. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it was like a desperate move to bring viewership back. Mm-hmm. It's like oh my god, we're gonna kill Carl, who was a major character throughout the entire series. Like this was a character that. We literally saw Chandler Riggs grow up before our very eyes. I think he was like 10 Yeah. when the series started. Yep. And now he's like 18, getting ready to go to college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, man. I mean, I think they they did it. it was pretty sad, but I think it, it, it was sad. But, of course, it was going to draw out the entire episode. Yeah. Like, there was like probably one... There was like two moments when... um that I actually felt something. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt more for Glenn's death than I did for Carl's. Yeah. Hmm. You know? And I actually liked Carl as a character. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually seen him, like, mature. And they actually mentioned that in the episode where he was talking about, if you remember, like, a couple of seasons back, how he just randomly killed that one kid who was, like, literally just putting his gun down and surrender, and he just popped him. Yeah. And Herschel was telling him not to. Mm-hmm. Well, he was... um. But he was telling me he finally admitted it to his father. Mm-hmm. And he was like, listen, that I I held that guilt every day since. Mm. Wow. So but you know, and it's just showed like how much he, you know, how much the character has matured. And then he was having that special moment with Michonne saying, like, yo, you are my best friend and all that. Mm. And they did form that relationship too, especially when they were um when they left Terminus. Yeah. When everybody got separated, they them two were together, so they did form that bond mm. and they basically stood together ever since. And then um so then like finally at the end where they found the the abandoned church, and he was like, "Listen, I got to do this. I don't want you to 
you know, pull the plug on me. I got to do it. Mm. So then you just see Rick and Michonne standing outside, sitting outside. And then next thing you know, you just hear the silence go up. And they just broke down. Mm. So in a way, I was like, damn, like it's, he's really gone. Yeah. That's, wow. So I, I, so I believe that Carl's death was, because I, because I, I remember, I remember that watching the, uh, I think it was either it was, it was either last season or or this season's premiere where, like there was like a uh, a flash forward of like a gray haired uh, Rick. Yeah, Grimes. it turns out it was all Carl's vision. Oh, it was Carl's vision. Yeah. Oh, of of what he imagined the future would be. Right. Okay. Oh. Hmm. So, so with uh with Carl's death, the do you think that. This would make Walking Dead worth watching, worth following, following again, or is it just one of those, or or does it fall into the typical Walking Dead pattern? Yeah, I think so. It seems like it's just a moment. Yeah, just a moment, and it's gonna fall into the like you said that traditional Walking Dead pattern. Okay, we got a good mid mid um season premiere. Mm-hmm. Now we're gonna get a bunch of filler, and then just hit you with a good, hit you with a good one for the finale. Mm. Oh, so four good episodes out of. And and the rest is filler in the sixteen episode season. Yes, dang. You know, like I like I was I was like I I saw the moment like the couple of moments from the episode on Twitter uh, that people posted, and I also posted an article on our Facebook page. I um, did see it, but I didn't get a chance to look into it. Yeah, it was a really interesting article from Forbes, which which it says that uh, The Walking Dead made it made one terrible mistake that you know that can't that I can't walk away from. What was that? And by killing Carl, it's like a they killed in some ways the conscience of the show, and b since Carl is such an in- integral uh, character in the comics, and it's like in the show, it's like his Carl's story didn't feel complete. Like you felt that like by the when whenever the Walking Dead would end eventually, that it would be Carl to who would actually like lead the pack. Yeah, the that's pack. what I thought. Lead the pack and then like tell the story of like how they got there. But now it feels like a cheap and desperate ploy for the from the showrunners to get people back on the wagon. And it's like, and it's like I could I could see, I could see why why uh, I forgot who wrote that article for Forbes. I could see why he said that because you know when you think about it, you know you had Glenn's death, which was really impactful, mm-hmm. and then since then what did what did you have? You had Sasha who died. Um, and she died in heroic fashion. Correct. Um, but then you have um, what other what other deaths you had? You had Shiva, the tiger. They weren't, and they weren't memorable. Yeah. Like I don't think. Yeah, I can't really even remember any of them. Yeah, and um, and and at this point, it's like okay, I, um, I I mean I didn't realize this, but there's only three original cast members from season one left. Like there's Rick Grimes, mm-hmm. um, Daryl, and Carol. Carol, yeah, that's it. And people have said that, oh well, if they kill off Daryl, then oh my God, you killed the show. No, the show's been dead. You might as well get rid of Daryl anytime. <laughs> At this point, yeah, but I think they're gonna save him for the end. Yeah, probably. Because I think because like killing off Daryl will definitely be just the nail. It definitely would be the nail of the coffin. Mm. Yeah, it's like when you kill a character too beloved, and it just tanks the show completely. Like New York Undercover, how they did, uh, oh my how they god. did Michael DiLorenzo. Oh my god! When when it killed when it killed Eddie Torres, they killed New York they, Undercover. They did. <laughs> they did. I mean, 
I posted about I I made a post about it just like yeah it was just the cast of New York Undercover like mm-hmm. now yeah and they said listen if she doesn't remember these three she's too young for you mm. yeah and they were like and somebody actually um commented yo I remember when they went to the Boys and Girls Club years mm. ago when the show was hot and I'm like wow I missed it but. Wow. That's how impactful that show was when they were able to do like that. The cast members were doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I would love to see a New York undercover. Uh, you know, not not reboot, but just like something with the original cast members one more time, like a movie or something on Netflix at least. Man, you watch that episode of Unsung when they talked about the show. You'd be good. Hmm. Okay. They tell you the story behind it. Yeah. Um. The did it end on bad terms or something? Oh boy! Yes, I mean, I could. Exactly. I mean, if you saw that in the fourth, fourth and final season. I mean, with Thomas Michael Ford, rest in peace. I mean, taking over, it's like, nah, man, you're still Tommy Strong from Martin. Yep, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Tommy, and you still ain't got no job. Yep. Or maybe that was his job, and that's why he couldn't tell people about it on Martin. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Oh, uh, Walking Dead, man. I, I. I I want to say that this show's on its last legs. It definitely is. You can say like you can say that. Like but, seriously, like. But I really do see the showrunners dragging it out for literally five more seasons. I thought it was going for only ten. Yeah, I think they, like this is they're on season eight right now, right? Yeah. But I I think that they're gonna drag it out. Said that oh we have ideas for more seasons beyond season ten. They they're gonna do something. They're gonna like. Days of our lives, this show. These yeah. <laughs> um Quincy Thomas says Deezus and Mera are trying to get a reboot of New York and the Cup. Oh, okay. Hmm. It'll be more yeah, hmm. with them two, then it would just be more of a comedy. Which ain't bad. Yeah. Uh Deezus and Mero. Oh, you never heard of the Bodega, the Bodega Boys podcast? No. Yeah, they're pretty they're pretty big. You should put check them out. Okay. Hmm. So yeah, uh, Walking Dead. Um, what did you think of the episode? Carl dying, Coral. No more of that. Yeah. Th- th- Let us know. I mean, that, it's because of that show. That's how people pronounce choose to pronounce <laughs> my name. <laughs> uh, Andrew Lincoln, Coral, stay oh. back. But it was sad. I'm just like, wow. I mean, like, it was in a way sad because I'm like, wow, we really like watched this kid grow up. Yeah, Chandler Riz. Like they should. Like if you really look back, just watch the first episode. Yeah, he was a tiny. He was kid, a little man. guy. He was yeah. like, like I said, he was probably like ten. Yeah, and now he's off to college. And you know what? Good on Chandler oh, Riggs, yeah. man. Get your education, man. But I think he actually said that he was going to try to balance both mm. because Walking Dead is pretty much shot in the summer. Oh, okay. Like I said, I and that was one thing that always disappointed me about the Walking Dead too. I would have loved to have seen him try to survive the winter. Yeah, they never had that. They really. Like, I understand. Like, well, most of it took place in Georgia, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really snow much. Yeah, down there. I remember they got one sheet of snow, and everybody lost their damn mind. <laughs> yep. Oh man, but those Rhode Islanders are looking at us like, come on now. I know. Like you know what that reminds me of, like John Haponic man sometimes he's just a dick about it. God damn it! <laughs> like like he'll be like, oh my god, it's so chilly outside. It's sixty out right now, and it's in January. And we're in January. I'm like, fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh man. So other than that, that's pretty much what I've been up to. What you been up to? Uh yeah, what I've been up to. Um, not a whole lot. Uh, I got a 
brief brief Final Fantasy 15 update. Um, I'm on chapter nine. I leveled my characters from level 42 to 94. Uh, just banked a whole lot of experience and just cashed it all in at once. Um, so I'm on my way to, if I want, I can actually beat the main quest if I wanted to at so any time. No, nah, there's a couple of side quests I want to I want to do first. Oh, you got you got hit with the side quest. <laughs> that, will, that's the whole game, really. Yeah, I do. I would do. I will say this too. I'm like, I finally started. I finally got a chance to start the last story arc, so I'm trying to at least bang it out tonight mm. and tomorrow, and I'll be done with my four in February challenge. And then shout outs to um my homegirl Erin from work. She was like, Yo, you really need to like Twitch stream it. Mm. And that's how I've been. I always kept saying that we need to like utilize our Twitch more. Yeah. And YouTube, shit, we can have some extra content. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? So yeah, um, yeah, still, still playing Final Final Fantasy 15. I'm gonna finish that game soon. Um, but like, like I said, um, the story, the main story, hopefully it'll finally pick up. Um, and be somewhat memorable, but like Final Fantasy fifteen is it's one of those games where it's not really about the story; it's more about the journey, because like the world is so vast and gorgeous looking, and the gameplay is awesome too. So, you know, I can't really knock the game too much, but I will finish it soon. Um, I also watched a movie that came out uh, last week called Annihilation. Shout outs to Movie Pass. Yep, big shout outs to Movie Pass. Yes. Uh, Annihilation, uh, that movie is a new sci-fi sci-fi film by Alex Garland. He's the writer-director of Ex Machina, also the writer of Dread, and uh, 28 Days Later, and The Beach with uh, Leo DiCaprio all the way back in 96. Uh, this movie stars uh, Annihilation stars Natalie Portman, Tessa Thompson, Gina Rodriguez, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Oscar Isaac. And uh, this is a really interesting um Interesting, if flawed, sci-fi movie. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like I have a decent cast. Oh, it does. It does. Like it's a it's a movie where Natalie Portman she plays a biologist and uh, she leads this. Well, she's part of this uh, team of an, this all female team of uh, scientists, and they um, go into and they go inside this uh, this zone called the Shimmer, and the Shimmer is like this alien phenomenon, which um, which which. Which uh, comes into existence where this uh, comet crash crashes and crashes onto Earth from outer space. It hits this uh, this this um, lighthouse on the coast of some beach in Louisiana, and this comet uh, starts to spread like a cancer off the Gulf of Mexico, and uh, starts to start to spread like all across the country in the, in in, this, in a big way, and so. Uh, Natalie Portman, uh, she plays a character, uh, a biologist who, in the beginning of the film, she finds out that her husband Oscar Isaac, uh, he's the only he 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 led a, a an original team of of researchers and soldiers to investigate this shimmer phenomenon, and he, but he's the only one to come back alive. But when he comes back, he seems to be like a weird. He seems he seems to be like out of it, like he's just not himself. And so Natalie Portman and and her team they go inside this shimmer and they try to f- figure out what the nature of this alien phenomenon is. And the movie it's like part sci-fi horror and it's like and it and it's kind of reminds me of like part Arrival, part Prometheus, and also in a big way part Stalker, which is like this old Russian film by Andrei Tarkovsky. And it's like it's it's a it's a movie that sci-fi movie that's more it's more heady and it's more like philosophical or psychological rather in his themes and like the 
how everything comes together, like it's ultimately like you're not sure what it all means, but it's one of those films that you really got to sit and think about, like trying to connect all the puzzle pieces together. Um, I thought the film was good. I, I didn't think it was as engaging as Ex Machina was, but I did appreciate the effort behind this movie. Like I did, I did it. I really enjoyed the cinematography, like the lush, uh, the lush uh, green, the greenness of like the the, the swamplands that they traveled through. Um, there's some wicked body horror in this movie too. Like um, there's there's some violent violent and disgusting things that that occur and that they see and then stuff that happens to the group uh, like there's animals that that you know start to have their start to transform because of the shimmer like different life forms start combining together like they had they they face off against this this uh giant albino alligator crocodile thing with like shark teeth um they also uh, come across a bear which was one of the most horrifying things i've seen in a sci-fi horror movie in quite some time um a bear yeah and that's all i'll say um it makes the bear and the revenant revenant look like y- yogi bear that's what that's all i'll say about that much scarier can a bear look <laughs> like that's the bear and the reverend is as real as a bear can get well, the bear in the Revenant is one thing, but the bear in Annihilation is something else—something straight out of like your weirdest and darkest nightmares. Um, also, Jennifer Jason Lee, like she, her character is really like it's a really odd character. Like she, she's just totally like a flat affect throughout the whole film. She just talks like this. She just talks like she's just really bored because it's like you know what? I'm getting a paycheck, and who really, really gives a shit about this movie? Talks like that. It's hilarious. You know? You know, it's just like you know. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm dying, so that's why I'm good. That's why that's why I'm leading this mission. So who cares? That's her. That's her performance. (laughs) And I'm like, damn, man, did you take Xanax before each take? (laughs) And um, and like Tessa Thompson, she was she was pretty cool in it as well. And I like I like to I like like to see Tessa Thompson get get more work. You know, especially in sci in the sci fi genre. Yeah, she's like growing. Oh yeah, like Creed. Creed. Thor, um, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, I mean, I know it's not one of your favorites, but she was pretty badass in it. Oh, she was. Yeah, um, she was in Dear White People, the movie. I heard of it, but never got a chance to see it. Man, eh, it's all right. Like it's it's a really obvious film. Um, but but yeah, Annihilation. Like I said, there's there's not too much I can get into in terms of like what happens in the plot because like it's one of those movies that that you know if if I if I get into the plot any deeper, then it'd be spoiling it. But I would say that. It's a film that it has its flaws, and that the I don't think the I don't think the story comes together a hundred percent. I think that it's a little too obtuse for its own good. I think that it's not like Arrival, where Arrival was better was was had a better execution in terms of a, a narrative that was more thoughtful and philosophical and made you think. Whereas Annihilation is a little bit more clumsier on that end. Um, but I will say, despite its flaws, I think it's worth seeing at least at matinee price. I mean, if if you have movie pass, go see it because you know it's it's better than watching some you know popcorn filled garbage that you know the the dummies and the mouth breathers enjoy. Uh, no, no, no. Call what what are, what are they called? You know the popcorn munching, mouth breathing, ma- masturbating. <laughs> you know. You change it now. <laughs> like, I mean, you haven't said, you haven't said it in. Uh... Well, you yeah, haven't said it in a while. Yeah, but you know, like I said, Annihilation. It's a it's a cool science fiction film. Um, um, it's worth checking out if you if you want something a little bit different. Um, if you if you like sci fi horror and uh, definitely something more of a slow paced and philosophical themed sci fi film, check it out. Okay. Yeah. 
And uh, aside from that, uh, we'll get into uh, the Elimination Chamber, which we both uh, checked out. All right. And shout-outs to the Wrestling Fantasy Warfare group, man. Watching pay-per-views and commenting on those threads are hilarious. Yo, they are hilarious. (laughs) Although, I will say, and I, I won't name names... There's a, there's a couple a couple of thirsty oh, thirsty cats uh, on a couple of thirsty cats on the on the wrestling fantasy warfare uh, threads. Y'all know who you are. Y'all y'all the, the thirst is real. Drink, drink some drink some water. Drink some Aquafina, yo, because yo your your thirst you're not you're not just thirsty. You're parched, too parched. But anyway, um, but yeah, elimination chamber. It was a it was a solid pay per view. And it had the first. It opened with the first ever women's elimination chamber match, with the Raw Women's Champion Alexa Bliss defending against Sasha Banks, Bailey, Mickey James, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville. Dope so, starter. It was, yeah. Like, like um, I will say, I will say, I, I noticed that this year they finally introduced the padding inside the cage, which, which I think is a welcome change because these athletes kill themselves enough as it is, right. Right, but yeah. I think, like, you know what it was? It's just like, okay, for the women, you know, I can understand. Mm-hmm. You know, for the men's cham- for the men's chamber match, which I can, which we'll get into later, much later on, mm-hmm. that he, it just, it takes away, like, the scariness of it, of the match. Um, like, if you, if somebody, like, takes a bump on, you know, the steel stuff, like, you felt it, everybody, it, it drew more like, oh, oh, what are you gonna do next? Oh, like, well, to be fair, I will say that the uh, the padding looked pretty thin. I don't think so. It looked pretty thick to me. Hmm. But they still can get you know take bumps on the plexiglass and the chains yeah. and the bars. So you know, there's still plenty of uh, room to get injured. It's there, but it's just like it doesn't. I don't know. It just doesn't feel. I didn't get too much of a feel of like, oh my god, like it didn't seem too risky. Hmm. Yeah, I mean. yeah, but there were some good spots though. Oh, um, definitely. I'm not gonna take it. I'm definitely not gonna take that away from them. But like, it was just. Yeah, like like um, uh, Mickey James. Uh, she did a high, pulled off a nice high risk move at one point in the match. Yo, uh, Mickey still got it. Yeah, I think she's. Yeah. I think she is like the oldest women's wrestler there right now. Uh, in in the active roster. Yeah, I think so. Like she's 37, 38. Something like that. Yeah. But um, but yeah, she hasn't lost a step. Six-time yeah. women's champion. Hopefully, yeah. she'll get her seventh reign at some point. Yeah, because she was part of that. She was part of that OVW uh, generation. Mm. Yep. And everybody else was basically FCW NXT. Yeah, that's right. Then you had the Divas era before, during that time, which was the OVW. Yeah. Um, you had Sasha Banks, who actually did a bit of a heel turn, kicking Bailey off one of the pods. Well, it was like, listen, it was every every woman for themselves. Mm-hmm. So they knew that. Now, I missed Raw the next day. Did they, like, weren't they, like, on the same team together? Yeah, I didn't I didn't really catch it. I had it on in the background. So there wasn't much that came out of the so-called heel turn from Sasha Banks. But I think it's coming eventually. Yeah, I think it needs to come. Yeah, she's a much better heel than a face. She is. <clears throat> But um, but at the end, uh, Alexa Bliss managed to retain the championship, and then after the match, she had this heartfelt speech about achieve about achieving your dreams and all that. And then she just switched it. Yup. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, that was cool. It just yeah, it was. 
you know, you know, I followed my dream, something that you people here never will, or something like that. <laughs> I thought that was that was vintage, vintage Alexa Bliss. But yo, Alexa Bliss, man, she's been killing it since she went to the main roster. Um, first ever woman to win both the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships, and uh, she's going on to WrestleMania, most likely fighting Oscar. And I think that's going to be a dope match. Keeping in mind that Oscar did beat her clean in a non-title match at one point on a Raw. A couple months back, was that so. is that who Oscar challenged? Because did she did actually it, officially like challenge him, or they just said, "Oh, you're on Raw." Yeah, I th- I, well, yeah, she hasn't. Oscar hasn't officially made her choice, but I think they're implying that she's gonna go off to face uh, face Alexa because they did because they did say in, during Oscar's match with Nia Jax that if Nia beat her, she would be introduced in their trip in their match as a triple threat. Right. So I think they're gonna go with Oscar. She's gonna go with that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Alexa Bliss for the win in the first ever women's elimination chamber match. That was really good. Then you had the next match, which was a forgettable Cesaro and Sheamus, the bar, defending their tag team titles against Titus Worldwide. I would like to see them go with Titus Worldwide just to like just to give something different. Even if the rain was gonna be short, it would just been nice to see them get it. Yeah, I mean it's like, you know, I would I describe Titus Worldwide as primetime players with less charisma, if that's possible. Because Darren Young had more charisma than uh, Apollo. And I love Apollo. Yo. Apollo's such a beast. Right? He's just, mm. There's something that he's just he's lacking. And mm. he's, as good as he is, he should have more charisma. Yeah. He should be, but I just he's missing something. I think so, too. Like he is, he is missing like a, a real personality. I think he was called up from NXT too soon, though. That's possibly, that, that possibly could have been the case. Yeah. Yeah. It's happened many times before, so just yeah, it's true. But um, but I w- I will say that um, I I think it's cool that Cesaro and Sheamus they have they're a well oiled machine. Although I'm I I still believe Cesaro is capable of so much more than just tag team. Yeah, definitely wrestling. Um, I also I'm also happy to see that Dana Brooke is not in a wrestling <laughs> capacity anymore. So that's good <laughs> because hey, you know. Hey, you know, I don't we had how we had our words about Dana Brooke yeah. on the group. Hey, I don't begrudge Dana Brooke for her success and you know her, you know, being placed on the main roster making that money, but as a a, a, a good wrestler she is not. I'm not saying no, she's, she's not. She's like Eva Marie levels of bad, just with a better physique. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. So yeah, let let her do her statistician manager thing. Um then you had Asuka beating Nia Jax. Um, and this was and this was uh, where in the wrestling fantasy warfare the thirst was real <laughs> for a couple of users, which I will not name names. But if they watch this episode, they know who they are. Um, Asuka, the, the the real streak continues. Shut your face. <laughs> you know the real streak continues. She beat Nia Jax clean. Uh, Nia Jax, she surprisingly got uh, a, a good amount of cheers during her match as well. So. So um, I, I mean, Nia Jax is starting to. This was probably Nia's best match. I'll say so. Yeah, definitely the she, definitely one where the crowd got into her the most. Yeah, she was like, but she's been getting over a lot lately. So apparently, she's doing something right. Hmm. Or or yeah, something right. Because she kind of staled out for a bit. Mm-hmm. But it's like something just came out. I think she's just becoming like more herself yeah. instead of being just um just a big robot beast woman. Uh, mm-hmm. And I can just eat everybody but she's being herself and she's showing much more personality mm-hmm. and people are taking the taking a liking to it yeah and i think it's like her instagram is very entertaining oh is it yeah 
And I think it's also cool that, you know, that thankfully they took her away from Enzo after that cold controversy went down. So they had no choice but to. <laughs> no, they had no choice but to. But I think it's good that they're that Nia is actually getting some traction with the fans. But she was getting some. I think that was the start of it because yeah. she was getting she was starting to get to get attention. Like yeah, Enzo got a thing for big girls and all that, and then mm-hmm. all that happened. But yeah, she still continued, mm-hmm. and Enzo's apparently trying to become a rapper. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm dead. Wait. I, uh, it's something that I heard, so don't quote me on it. But yeah, I think he's trying to rap. <sighs> Enzo Amore, what a douche! Oh my gosh! And I remember you, you said I watched that uh, video clip you showed me of Simon Gotch who shot on Enzo. He went, he in. went in. I'm like, yep, I believe. I you believe also got to hear. I came across this too. I got to show this. I got to show this to you too. Jim Cornette going in on him as well. Oh, he's man. like Jesus Christ! This guy is an idiot. <laughs> he's like, if you have something going wrong with you and and you're keeping it from the WWE, like mm-hmm. that's where you really messed up. Yeah, true, true. Because WWE probably could have backed you up. Mm-hmm. They could have, and instead, like he was just feeling himself too much. Exactly. So what? So suppose if like okay, everything turns out to not be true. Well, but yet you know. You're out of a job, and not to mention you built that reputation of being a complete dickhead. Yeah. So now, like, what was your good source of bread and butter? Mm-hmm. You just completely lost it. You burnt that bridge. Yeah, it's pretty much. So he's pretty much done. Enzo is donezo, and I think that's a good thing. Uh, but but yeah, getting back to the Oscar Nia Jax match, even though Oscar won, Nia Jax, you know, had the last word by throwing her through the barricade outside the I ring. was not expecting that. And I was like, you know what? That was dope. That was. That was a good spot, you know, uh, bringing some tension to Oscar. Like, she's vulnerable. Will she lose the streak? You know, but unlike the Undertaker, she can. She still has two good hips, so she can still walk and wrestle. But Gee, you need a brick to your <laughs> <laughs> You said you was gonna stop, you lying asshole. I I know you did. <laughs> you did. You lied. Well, I mean, I I mean, I would have stopped completely, but you know, John Cena, dude. You know, John Cena's teasing a, an Undertaker oh, match. Oh man, I do not want that to happen. I don't either. Man. I don't because, like I said this before, like the way he went out. He, Last year at last year's WrestleMania, mm-hmm. you know I still wanted him to win. You know I still want him to win because I just didn't think I just don't think Roman was the guy to retire him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like I don't think anybody was the guy to retire him. If if anybody, it just would have been Sting, and that two ten years too late. Yeah, so I think honestly, I still think Undertaker should have just went out mm-hmm. at twenty at end of an era, mm-hmm. and that would have been it. Yeah, I, I would. I agree. Yeah. Still had the streak because that streak is it should have been his, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah, you know. But like I said, I've said this many times before. You can go back on our previous podcast to listen to listen to what I had to say. Mm-hmm. But I just think that with Cena trying to call out the Undertaker, bring him back, and challenge him, it just took that beautiful moment from last year's WrestleMania mm-hmm. and just like made it meaningless. Now, I I, I agree. Yeah, and it's like. Like I, I will say that it will make it meaning completely meaningless if he did go back into the ring one more time. Yeah. Then it'll be like that. Like, like I can understand. Point. Like I was telling you before the show started that listen, like you know, 
when Undertaker showed up at the Raw 25, people were chanting, one more match, one more match. It's because, you know, everything just... All he did was just come out and he just had that entrance, you know, the music, that total package and stuff. Mm -hmm. It brings back those memories. It brings back those moments and stuff. And it's still a moment within itself. And people just want to relive that again. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh my God, I want this moment again. One more match, one more match, one more match. So then, but then, you know, Undertaker's 52 years old. Yeah. You know, he... You get there, and you know he's had his fair share of injuries and stuff. So when you get there, he has the moments. It's like you get it for five minutes, and then it's just like, yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same guy anymore. Yeah. I mean, we are not gonna get that same guy from WrestleMania twenty five and twenty six. No sir. Not even twenty nine. And twenty nine was still a good match. It was. Like twenty nine, and that was CM Punk. CM Punk, yeah, that was like that was. I would say his last great match. Great match, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, so yeah. Hopefully, we won't see another Undertaker return to the ring because we don't need that. Um, but yeah, we don't. No, yeah. we don't. Yeah, but appearances. Uh, yes, I'm all for. It. I'm all for appearances. Mm-hmm. But not a match. Yeah. I, I want. I want Mark Calloway to enjoy his family and his kids. Indeed. Yeah. He he's earned it. Yes. Yeah. And then we had uh, two more matches on the card for El- Elimination Chamber. Real quick, uh, Matt Hardy defeated Bray Wyatt. Nothing special. No. Um, Jojo was not pleased, and uh, <laughs> and then we had the main event. <laughs> we had the main event. The, that was mean. I I know it was know. good, but it was mean. <laughs> and then we had the main event, the men's elimination chamber match, where in a twist ending that nobody saw coming, Roman Reigns defeated Braun Strowman, Elias, Finn Balor, John Cena, Seth Rollins, and The Miz to go on to face Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania 34. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, so uh, Adrian Price was clearly over the moon. He was. And uh, everyone else was just like, oh, meh, I'm shocked. Although I will say, Roman Reigns cut a hell of a promo last night on Raw. He did. The, probably the best promo in his career so far. Yeah. 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 Oh, a, wor- a work shoot promo where he calls out Lesnar for being a part time player who doesn't show up, and you know, being entitled, being entitled, and yet hey, Roman and the guys bust their asses, and you know, Roman said that you know, doesn't matter how big the city is, when I say I'll show up, I'll be there. Brock can't say the same. And Brock is a bitch, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they're trying to, they're definitely trying to drum up as much interest as they babyface interest as they can for Roman Reigns going into WrestleMania thirty four. But I still think the outcome is going to be Roman Reigns is going to get booed out of booed out of the building. They're gonna they're gonna mute the crowd microphones, and then Pyro's going to go off the end. Let me ask you something. Let me you know, and I'll say this real quick. Okay, you ha- you've had Roman Reigns who's had who's main evented the past three WrestleManias. WrestleMania thirty one against Brock Lesnar with mm. with Seth Rollins one cash and money in the bank. WrestleMania- Great moment. Oh yeah, great moment. WrestleMania 32, definitely the worst WrestleMania in the last five years, uh, where he beat Triple H for the WWE Championship. And then last year when he retired the Undertaker at 33, and now he's gonna main event for a fourth time against Lesnar for the Universal Championship. Let me ask you something for you diehard Roman Reigns Roman Reigns fans out there who call him the guy. How many Kyle, like Kyle, Kyle and Adrian, <laughs> Kyle and Adrian specifically, guys. How many coronations, quote unquote, can one man have? How many, how many coronations can one man have to be, to be, to have that, to have that distinction of being bestowed as he is the man, he has arrived. How many arrivals can one man have? This is going to be his fourth, quote unquote, arrival. 
Roman Reigns is not the guy because we, the fans, don't believe in him. No, don't don't, don't don't get me wrong. Is Roman Reigns talented? Yes, he is. Is he a good wrestler? Yes, he is. Is he the guy? No, because when I think of the guy, I think of cats like Stone Cold Steve Austin, mm-hmm. The Rock, mm-hmm. Mick Foley, mm-hmm. um, even to a certain extent, Y2J, Chris Jericho. Jericho's uh, the GOAT. The GOAT right there. Uh, even Kurt Angle during the Attitude Era. I think of guys that can actually effectively carry, not only carry the brand, but also have the majority of the fan base, like 99% of the fan base right behind them, cheering them on, earning the fans' respect and adulation. You know, They earned it because we, the fans, believe in them and we believe that they've earned it. Roman Brett. Reigns, Bret Hart, even Shawn Michaels with the whole boyhood, boyhood dream angle. Yeah. They've earned it. Mick Foley, the Mrs. Foley's baby boy, earned it. Roman Reigns, we're told he's the guy. We're told he's deserving. We're told he's the man. That's the big difference. But yet Adrian and, and Kyle don't see it. And as far as I'm concerned, Adrian, our debate is, is null and void because I'm right <laughs> and you're wrong. So could this be, could, could this be like an open... Challenge to another one? No. Part two? No. 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 This is not an open challenge because I proved my point in the last debate and that's all that needs to be said. You know he's coming back, right? Yeah, he is. He I, will be back for WrestleMania. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. We, we definitely got to bring uh bring somebody like Adrian and maybe, some, maybe a couple other people on the podcast for that. Maybe from the wrestling fantasy chat or something. Oh, my God. Well, um, the last one was good. Brian, Brian brought it too. Oh, yeah. He did. He did. <laughs> Um, I, 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 although I will say that if we do bring some other cats from the Wrestling Fantasy Warfare chat on Facebook, I will have bottles of Aquafina to quench your <laughs> thirst. Y'all know who you are. <laughs> it's still so much fun, though. It is. It's, it, it, it is it's fun, dude. It's it, 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 it's just fantasizing. We're just having fun with it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I will say that's that the, all it was. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I, just guy talk. Yeah, yeah, but I don't, I don't, and I will say that like the wrestling fantasy warfare threads, it makes it makes watching dull or whack WWE moments or programming fun or bearable. It does. Yeah, and I will say we definitely gotta get Grande on the show too. Oh my god, Grande! Imagine Grande and and yeah, Adrian. Grande is a trip on that thing. Man. <laughs> yeah, imagine if we get Grande and, and Adrian like debating on like especially like uh, over over Brock and Roman Reigns at thirty WrestleMania. I think we have to have a separate now. Let me now. Let me ask podcast. you this. Now let me ask you this. Yeah. So he okay. Cena said in his promo that the match with the Undertaker is impossible. Mm-hmm. Let's hope it remains that way. Indeed. Who do you think would be a suitable opponent for Cena? Mm. That's a good question. Um, I would say they can continue the, the they can continue the whole feud with Elias. Yeah. That could maybe elevate Elias because Elias has gotten some really good fan support, surprisingly. Yeah, you notice that you ever see his t shirt? Uh, no, he has a new shirt saying like the Walk with Elias tour, mm-hmm. and it has like cities listed in the back. Oh, nice. And for once, Providence, Rhode Island is actually on the shirt. Yeah, we made I was it. Like, oh, shit, we made it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say uh, Elias would be a good, would be the most logical opponent, or maybe. Uh, Braun Strowman, oh, that would be a that would be a huge boost for Braun, like to go over on Cena, yeah. hope, um, and and I and hopefully Braun can go over Cena clean because that's yeah. the most important thing. Um, 
I was going to say Samoa Joe, but I think he's still injured. I think so, too. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Um, I'd like to see Dean Ambrose go against Braun. Yeah. Hmm, that would be an interesting contest. I, I know Dean Ambrose is still injured, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nah, I was going to say Dolph Ziggler, but that's no, that's that's 2012. That that was then. This is now. Um, I, But I will say, that I'll tell you one thing that I don't want to see at WrestleMania 34. I don't want to see John Cena muscle his way into the AJ Nakamura Please match. Please do not let that happen. That would be an insult. So, yeah. <laughs> oh. Huge insult. Yeah, man. Because like, like we're promised a mm. Wrestle Kingdom caliber match. Exactly. like, And not to mention Cena almost killed Nakamura. No, Nakamura almost killed Cena. Oh, yeah, with that reverse suplex. Yeah, and he's like, oh, and then Nakamura is showing the, the true sportman, sportsman that he is. He's like, I'm sorry. Mm. And then Cena goes, don't be sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was a good match. That was a good match, to their credit. To that Cena's was. credit, but I don't want that to happen. Yeah. I want to see AJ and Nakamura. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Ideally, that should be the last match on the card. Yeah. Yeah. Cena, not, Cena versus Nakamura on Fastlane. Shout out to Brian. Oh, welcome, Brian, to the chat. Oh, and also welcome Yemi for, for joining Yem us. Yem and Yes. Yo, we got yo, we got to get another game night with the with the crew, with the Black <laughs> Alliance crew. All right. Yeah. But yeah, Cena, Nakamura, Fastlane. Hey, I'm down for that. You know, give, give Cena something to do, you know? Oh damn, Kyle just now tuned in. Oh yes. You missed it, Kyle. Oh Kyle, thank you for joining us, but you just missed my uh, Roman Reigns uh rant. Um so so uh but but once once this episode is done you can you can go back and you know watch what what I had to say about that matter. Uh so yeah, that's some some interesting stuff going on. And oh, I gotta remind myself, I still gotta catch up on 205 Live. I can't believe I just said those words. But Me too. But yo, two hundred five live. I, I hear they've been killing it in terms of quality. Like they're still continuing the cruiserweight uh, championship tournament matches. I just want to declare I I am a skill crane god. <laughs> skill crane god. What's it's gonna be the same step as Nia versus Nia and Oscar. I got a PS4. Okay. Oh, is he talking about Dragon Ball yeah. Z? Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Oh, I can't even think about it. But he's got a PS4. Kyle, I'm gonna need that gamer tag. Okay, all right. Hey, I'll uh, hey, I'll I'll need that gamer tag as well. So yes, uh, so yes, that was a WWE Elimination Chamber. Um, we are still on the road to WrestleMania. Uh, hopefully, um, hopefully. Oh, oh yeah, and also Ronda Rousey did some stuff. But anyway, no, you know what? That was a decent. That was a decent promo. That was a decent. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Promo angle. Yeah, yeah, that was decent, except for. Triple H's weak ass punch to Kurt Angle, and Kurt Angle took that ugly ass bump. Yeah, that was awful. That was an air punch on the side of his head, dude. That was like <laughs> when freaking Hogan slapped air slapped Lex Luger, and Lex Luger sold it. <laughs> oh man, like a like a true professional, Kurt sold that like a, yeah. like a man, like the man that he is. Um, but I yeah, but I think Kyle now. Oh, nice. But yeah, I think um, I think right now the Ronda Rousey thing is going to culminate into a ta- mixed tag team match at WrestleMania 34 with Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie. Although people wanted The Rock. That's what I was going to say. I was getting ready to say I'm like that's not the it's not the match that we want. Mm-hmm. But we're okay. We're okay with settling for that. Yeah, and besides, Kurt Angle still got some juice left in the tank. He does. Yeah, and and you know the Rock, you know, I mean, 
The Rock is a busy man. He's just he's cranking out them box office hits, baby, one after another. You know. Yeah, man. He's got to say. Yeah, he. You know, Fast and Furious uh, twenty three can't make itself. So yeah, we got some. So that's some wrestle talk right there, and uh, we got some news and items coming at you your way. Uh, first off, we have some nearly unfortunate news, but thankfully it's not the case. Uh, Kevin Smith is recovering from a massive heart attack. Uh, which he suffered recently. Uh, the clerk's director was hospitalized Sunday after suffering a complete blockage of his LED artery, a.k.a. the Widowmaker. Uh, he was set to perform two stand-up comedy sets when he had the attack. Uh, in, a Facebook, in a Facebook post on Sunday, or on Monday, rather, uh, Smith explained, if I hadn't canceled the second show to go to the hospital, the doc said I would have died tonight. For now, I'm still above ground. And he posts a goofy picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... Good, good for them. I, I'm actually, and I was actually like, I actually learned of that news while watching Comic Book Men. Oh wow! And the, what was cool about that episode is that these, um, well, these filmmakers actually made a documentary on Comic Book Men, on um, Kevin Smith shooting the movie Clerks, the first one. Mm-hmm. And actually, oh my God, what the director actually Ryan James. The mm-hmm. filmmaker, the producer of that biopic, actually liked the picture, liked the picture that we posted. Oh wow! Yeah, sweet. So shout outs to Ryan James for that one. Mm. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, um, I'm glad he's um, recovering because I want Clerks three. It's not happening. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm a race. I enjoyed the first Clerks. I think the first Clerks is better than the second one. Oh my god, that's just my Clerks opinion. Two is freaking. To what? To what's hilarious? Um, I mean, I, I mean, I think the best for me, the best moment was the whole Lord of the Rings <laughs> walking scene, um, uh, which I mean, it's a simplistic uh, analysis, but it's still pretty amusing. Um, I still, I still, I still want to see um, uh, Kevin Smith's movie Tusk, which I hear is complete schlock, but. I'm curious about it now. I want a new Jay and Silent Bob. A lot of people want a new Jay and Silent Bob, and they'll actually do it too. Just yeah. the thing is, like the guy who played, um, not Dante, was it Randall? Yeah, for Clerks too. He doesn't want to do it anymore. Brian O'Halloran that. actually told me that at Comic Con. Hmm. It's cool to say I can say that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, do we really do we really need another Jay and Silent Bob movie? Why not? I mean. I mean, like Jason Mewes, isn't he like in his mid forties or something? Everybody's in their forties now. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but, but yeah, good on Kevin Smith to to recover, man. Um, hopefully you'll have a full recovery soon, brother. Uh, some other news here: uh, Joss Whedon is no longer directing Batgirl for the DCEU. Um, after coming aboard the project last year, Whedon stepped down from the from the standalone film because, in his admission, by his own admission, he could not come up with a story for Batgirl. So the future of the DCEU film is now uncertain. Surprise! 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 John Aponic. Yeah. Um, I find it I find it rather unfortunate and a little strange that he couldn't come up with a story for Batgirl because Joss Whedon specializes in female protagonists and, and all of his stuff like Buffy, uh, Dollhouse, Firefly. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe he just couldn't find an interesting story, but I guess in this case, they can hire Gail Simone because she did an excellent run in the New 52 of Batgirl. So, you know, hopefully we'll see uh, the second Good DCEU movie. Maybe it takes a woman's touch. Possibly. 
Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, oh, we have Grande, James Vincent, who just joined and us. And you completely missed it, Grande. <laughs> oh, man. You yes, did. yes. Uh, when you uh, once once this episode finishes, just go back to earlier on. We did talk about the elimination chamber, and I had my uh, rant against Roman Reigns as well. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, Batgirl. Hopefully, we'll, hopefully it'll, it'll see the light of day in the perhaps rebooted DCEU. Maybe um, some other news here. Some film news. Danny Boyle is is the top choice to direct the next James Bond film. Uh, Danny Boyle, he's the director of Slumdog Millionaire, 28 Days Later, and Steve Jobs. Uh, he's being considered by MGM and Eon Productions to direct the 25th movie in the 007 franchise, which will also be Daniel Craig's fifth and final film as Bond. Uh, no formal offer has been given as of yet, but the studios have been long interested in Danny Boyle to direct a Bond movie. Uh, Bond 25 is scheduled for release on November 8th, 2019. 2019 is going to look like a real good move, good year for movies. Yeah, movies and TV shows too. Like with movies, you got Avengers four. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Guardians three, or is that twenty twenty? I don't know. I forgot the timeline. I forgot the future timeline. Yeah, because there's like so much. Isn't Aquaman next? No, Aquaman's this year. Yeah, December. Yeah, and uh, and of course in television, Game of Thrones, Thrones. season eight, Brett man. Winter has a winter is coming. One, one, winter one is here. Winter, winter is here. It's just yeah. We ain't gonna see their winter until next year. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man, that is awful. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, speaking of uh, some comic news coming at your way, uh, Black Panther grosses over seven hundred million dollars worldwide. Uh, the best MCU film slash bonafide cultural event has grossed over $403 million domestically and over $305 million in foreign markets. So who says black-led films can't be blockbusters? Hashtag Wakanda forever. We support this shit. And like I said, you really think, I'm like, will our community go out to see Cyborg like they did Black Panther? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Cyborg was just there in Justice League, and he has no personality to speak of. Um, I don't know if it's the character or if it's the actor who played him. I think it's Ray Fisher, I believe. But yeah, there's something that's just completely missing. I mean, how are you gonna how are you gonna have all that armor, that cybernetics and weaponry, and have no personality? He might as well be a doorknob with lasers on him. Yeah. Yeah, a room, uh, laser pointer wrapped in aluminum foil. Pretty much, pretty much. But yeah, man, I I'm I'm very pleased with uh Black Panther's yeah, financial still, success. Yeah, probably just not that interesting enough of a character. Oh no, no. Whereas that like, with Black Panther, we're actually seeing ourselves like uplifted. And, you know, we're we're seeing a king. Mm-hmm. And and they're three dimensional characters too. Yeah. And uh, and I will say that I am happy to see Black Panther, you know, be this successful because you know for a long time Hollywood Hollywood executives have said, oh, well, you know, black films can't sell well overseas. And you know, some people are gonna you know downplay this news as, oh, it, you know, it's, the, it's more of the, it's because it's a Marvel movie, it's the Marvel brand that sold. Come on now. I mean, I think it's just, just a combination of it was a combination of both. Yeah, absolutely. Like it was, it's gonna be you're gonna get your you're gonna get your casual Marvel goers. Mm-hmm. And you're going to just think, oh, my God, people who never even saw it. I actually stopped by the barbershop today, and it was like, yeah, I never watched a Marvel movie before. Hmm. Now he wants to go back hmm. to watch the first Iron Man and watch them all. Nice. 
that's what's up yeah um yeah so that's that's what's up right there and also uh uh last last headline here in regards to black panther uh disney has donated one million dollars to open stem centers in honor of black panther's success uh the money is going towards development of the boys and girls club of america's science technology engineering and math programs uh 12 new stem centers of innovation will be built around the country including in atlanta baltimore chicago harlem hartford memphis new orleans oakland Orlando, Philadelphia, Washington, and Watts. Uh, the Boys and Girls Club's Centers of Innovation offer a variety of hands-on programs for youth interested in areas such as robotics, video production, and 3D printing. That is dope. Man. I wish I had that opportunity when I was when I was growing up. Yeah, man. Yeah, I would definitely would have gotten into video production. Yeah, and robotics too. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, big ups to uh Disney for that uh for that boost and you know Of course Oakland was gonna get theirs, you know. Uh, of course, Ryan Coogler. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yo man, yeah, and, and you know what? And and speak, speaking of Ryan Coogler too, um there's a cool video that I also posted on um I think on my Facebook, but I and I also posted on the uh uh Codex Facebook about the uh breakdown of that casino fight scene and Ryan Coogler breaks down like how he staged it and like how certain what certain elements uh, meant it was, it was really cool so I'll, I'll post that as well yeah do that i'll take yeah. it i'll take a look at that yeah yeah so that does it for the uh, news and headlines um we're gonna get into our uh bit of our main topic here to wrap up uh black history month talking about you know favorite black characters in comics movies whatever you know blackity black <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> oh man <laughs> I freaking love that song. I love that song from CB4. Yeah. Black, y'all. <laughs> Alan Payne. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Should yeah. I start? Should I start off? I'll start off yeah. on a bad note. Okay. Now, this was a show that was um, that only had 22 episodes in one season that was on during the 90s. My dad was watched it. And I think he was the only one who watched it. Uh-huh. I don't think anybody from my generation even remembers it because it was so short-lived and so horrible. Mm-hmm. It was a superhero called Mantis. Oh, I remember Mantis. Yeah, it was that was with a Keith David, right? No, it was uh, Carl Lumbly. Oh, okay. Okay, it was basically about a um, a paralyzed black scientist who builds a powerful exoskeleton in order to walk again and uses his new abilities to fight crime. Hmm. That's literally all I can tell you about it. Okay. And it was just dark. I can barely even get like a. I can't even tell you what Mantis. I can't even remember what he really looked like. All I know is like the screen was just always dark. Like every scene was at night. <laughs> yeah, I remember it was on Fox, right? Yes, it yeah. was on Fox. So it was one of many Fox's many canceled shows. Hmm. Yeah, Fox is a huge legacy of canceled they shows. Do they do? Even Peter Griffin like did it when <laughs> Family Guy came back, mm-hmm. and he just listens. He's like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna come back. Well, we have a chance of coming back." You know, we just have to wait for shows like, and he just named a whole list of shows that got canceled. Mm-hmm. And she's like, so, and then Lois says, oh, so there's no hope. Well, if all those shows goes down the tank, then we may have a shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, Mantis. That was a, I remember that was a show that, like, I never watched an episode. Like, I've watched, like, like scenes, like moments. Yeah. Like, Same I'm, with me. But I, I remember seeing a commercial, and I remember my dad watching it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, like for the longest time, I really thought it was uh, Keith David in that show. No, Keith David. You know, he actually did the voice of Goliath from Gargoyles. Yeah, that's right. Which I heard. This was a rumor from like a couple years ago that Disney that Disney wants Marvel to do a Gargoyles movie. Really? Yes. Hmm. I mean, that's that'd be so dope. I, mean, I loved Gargoyles back in the day. That was a very good TV series. It was. Yeah, and uh, man. Damn! Now I want to go back and watch Gargoyles again. It's been it's been like over twenty years since I Disney's watched. Disney's having that. a streaming service next year. It's yeah. coming out next year. Yeah, they are. Yeah, that is. So just imagine, like you get all the Mar- you know, we we'll get all the Marvel movies. Of course, you get all the Disney movies, all the Pixar movies that you cry to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, like, if we, I mean, please, if we get all those old shows like Gargoyles. Mm. Like they really trying to keep me in the house. <laughs> yeah, the nineties. The nineties can never die. It can't. Mm. Yeah, maybe just me because I'm a child in the nineties. I really need to get that on a shirt. <laughs> yeah. So what else you got, man? Oh man, I had um, Blade was a good one. Yes. Um, have you seen the first uh, two Blade films? Yes. Um, yes, I actually never saw the third one. Sorry, Triple H. Yeah, you're not missing anything with the third one. <laughs> Um, damn, I, I will say, you know, people, you know, what's funny with, with Blade, people always credit like X-Men as like the, and Spider-Man as the films to like kick off the superhero drama. Nah, you got to give respect to Blade. Blade actually was the first Marvel film to prove that Marvel films didn't have to suck. Then, right. then X-Men was the one that proved that the mainline franchises don't have to suck either if, or to being translated to film. So Blade was the one that really got things going for Marvel as far as I'm concerned. I, I can see, yeah, yeah, but you know what was also a, also a Marvel property? What Men in Black? That was yeah, huh? Yeah, Men in Black was a Marvel comic. Oh, I did not know that. Thought it was like Dark Horse or something. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That was Marvel. Wow. And Men in Black was good. I actually watched it with my client today at work. Yeah, I mean, I've only watched the first movie. The first movie was cool. Part two was cool too. Yeah. Part three was all right. Yeah, part two had Michael Jackson in it, right? Yeah, for like a quick second. <laughs> it was like a quick cameo. Oh. That can be Agent M. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, Blade, man. I I, I really enjoyed the first two films. In fact, the, the first two films are so close in quality that it's hard. I'm hard-pressed to, figure, to, to determine which one I like a little bit more. Um, like with the first film, the first film had a what I and Aris pointed this out too when he was on the podcast. It had a really underrated villain in Deacon Frost, mm-hmm. played by Stephen Dorff. Dorf, yeah. um, I really liked uh, uh, the the woman that accompanied Blade in, in his mission, uh, played by Anne Boucher Wright, right. which I think that was her only notable role. Um, then Sanaa Lathan played his mother. That is, yeah, she did. Yeah, um, and also there was and, and yo. Uh, uh, and, and Blade, the, the first film, which when it came out in '98, it was famous for that that techno rave song, that which was overplayed in the '90s, in the late Listen, '90s. The most famous techno song, yeah, with, was Mortal was the Mortal Kombat theme song. Yeah, but but this one is definitely a close second because it had the blood rave. Yeah, in the in the Vampire Club, and then uh and then and then it also had a uh, one of the one of the I think coolest slash cheesiest slash funniest quotes from blade from the first film where he said where he said in, in regards to deacon frost he said some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill <laughs> i 
I will say this though. It's a dumb lie, but I like I like it. My mother enjoyed Blade. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. Like that's how I knew like Blade had something going on because like my like like my mom was like really watching it and enjoying it. I'm like, okay, mm. ma. Yeah. Even Why as not, you got a little comic in you. <laughs> Even as violent and bloody as it got. Yeah. <laughs> this was before she got saved though. So oh, she okay. was able to she was probably watching now. I'm like, oh my god. And then just don't mind it. <laughs> yeah. And and also like Blade 2 was was damn good too. Like um although that was Ryan Reynolds, right? No, no he Ryan was Ryan Reynolds part was part three. Yeah. yeah. Blade two, um, it had that uh character Novak who had the split jaw like the predator. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a dope effect. Although like there was some wonky CG. Like in the early 2000s, because it came out in 2002. Well, the CG was progressing at that time. It was. And uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro directed it too. So you could tell he had some of his touches in there, like with Ron Perlman in it. Mm-hmm. Dan, uh, Donnie Yen was in it. Even Norman Reedus. <laughs> he was he, he. Wait, was he? Yeah, he played. I need a, to revisit. Okay, I got to revisit the Blade movies now. Yeah, when I. I will actually still. Uh, I will actually watch the third one too. Yeah, Norman Reedus. He played uh, Blade's, uh, Blade's assistant, Scud. I can see, I can see it. Too. I gotta look. I really gotta revisit that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but damn good films there. Okay. Still. Next up was my all t- my all time favorite superhero. Okay. Spawn. Mm, okay. Now Spawn was just uh, Spawn was just always just such a cool character. For one, yeah, he was black. Mm-hmm. So and at that time when I was a kid, I never saw like, I never saw a black superhero. Mm-hmm. So then we got one, and of course, you know, the movie, as a kid, listen, let me defend myself. Uh-huh. As a kid, I'm like, we got a Spawn movie. Yeah, we That sure, was it. And I know sure there did. was a different, cha- you know, there were changes. I didn't really quite understand them back then as a kid, where, you know, mm. the studio didn't really want, like, they just gave, Todd McFarlane had to work with the, what the studio gave him. Yeah. And they really, the studio really didn't fully believe in his vision. Mm-hmm. So that's why the movie did, wasn't really like up to par. Mm-hmm. Like I thought the story, the story was decent for yeah. just a short standalone film. Mm-hmm. But um, Spawn, yeah, but Spawn was just like, to me, he was just like that dude. He just like, he, you know, he had a heart, he had a mission, you know, to get, you know, to get his old life back. Mm-hmm. Regardless of you know him being dead and whatnot, but he just, but he was still just like such a badass who will kill mm-hmm. to get what we wanted, oh, what yeah. he wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but oh my god, were those CG was the CGI cheesy as? Fuck. Yo, that was some PS one. I could <laughs> yes, I could have drawn. I could have drew that CGI when I was twelve. Yeah, like the scenes where he was in hell. Oh, oh. my God, Malboja? Yeah. Malboja? Oh, my. That was terrible. Even like, back then. At, for, for back then, for his, for his time, it was okay. Now, even back for then, it was terrible. Looking back at it now and seeing how much CGI, seeing how CGI has developed mm-hmm. into what it is now and what it can, what it's going to be soon. Looking back at it, it's like, Jesus Christ, that shit was ugly. It was, man. And it's like they put more is you know what it is? It's like they put more money into Spawn's costume and makeup mm-hmm. than they did to the CGI. They did. Um and and I will say like John Leguizamo as the clown violator. No, 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 no. Poor. Yeah, no, I will poor. say this. No, I will say this. John Leguizamo had the voice. 
Because mm-hmm. that's how, if you watch the animated series, that's how Clown talked. Right. So, I mean, I think with the costume and stuff, it's like, okay, and, you know, they made that work. Because mm-hmm. John Leguizamo was like, you know, Clown's like dumb short. Yeah. And, you know, John Leguizamo was like average height. Yeah. So, you know, they actually made that work for what it was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Clown was that, he was that goofy character. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to totally not, I'm not really going to knock it. Like, he made he made it work to, you know, to some degree. Mm-hmm. Could they have chosen somebody better? Yes. No, but the problem was, like, I think it was how the character was written because he was super annoying. But that's the clown character. No, like, like, the character he's genuinely, like, genuinely annoying, like, annoying, like, turn the TV off annoying. That's the character. Nah, that I, was the character, just not as dark as it as what Todd McFarlane really wanted it to be. If you watch the animated series, which is on HBO now, mm-hmm. you like um, you will see like yo, he really is such an annoying character, but he really couldn't be used to what he really was because Spawn is like basically it was basically a rated R character, and they made it PG thirteen. Mm. And like two two interesting facts, one. You know Greg Nicotero, who works on Walking Dead now, worked on that movie? Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. And two, there was a scene in the movie where um, Clown ate, he ate a slice of pizza that had maggots on it, Mm -hmm. and those were real maggots, and he really ate it. Oh, Jesus. Why? Method actor, I guess. <laughs> Man, that's that's dedication, but for it is, it is. dedication for a bad movie. Uh. I mean, I'm sure you heard worse stories of people who truly dedicated their dedicated to a certain role. I mean, I heard stories of like actors like gaining weight for, yeah. for a role, but come on, maggots. Yeah, Shit. he ate maggots. Mm. Um, let me see. Next up on my list, Bishop. Ah uh, yes. When he was in the animated series, like he was in, he was there like sporadically, and I would look forward to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Reading those old X Force comics, like you know, Bishop was the shit. Like he was, I thought the guy who played him in um, Days of Future Past was okay, mm-hmm. but to me, well, for me, he just wasn't Bishop. Well, he like didn't... Bishop was a big brolic dude, you know, with the hair and the one. Dra- and the one bra- and the braids that he had, just like, okay, they're bringing in the character for like a quick, fast, in a hurry. But I'm like, that just wasn't Bishop. So that's why I will campaign for Terry Crews to play Bishop in like one of the future X Force movies with Josh Brolin. Mm. Yeah, I would. I would I, I will be so up for that. I'll, I'll dig it. And Bishop is also a time traveler too, right? Yes. Because I remember like in the cartoon, he came back to kill Gambit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'll. I'm, yeah. Because I, mean, I know in the Days of Future Past, the movie, he had basically no dialogue. No, he was like, he was a quick flash in the plane. You blinked, you missed it. Yeah, he was just running and gunning. Yeah, no, I mean, no disrespect. Days of Future Past was the best X Men movie. Yeah, before. Yeah, like the X Men movies, it sounds like, yeah. not counting like the solo Wolverine movies. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree it was like the best one. Right. So. Yeah. Because hmm. I still never finished Apocalypse. Yeah, it's not worth it. I have to. I gotta put it part. I gotta put it towards my bad movie day. <laughs> I still yeah. need to have. Yeah, it's one of those movies that like I I enjoyed it the first time, but then I think back more you and more. Did. You jonesed about it. You was like, yeah. At first, I was like, yeah, I don't see what's so bad about it. I mean, even though I did see the flaws, at the, some of the flaws at the time, but then upon further reflection, I'm like, yeah, that really wasn't that good, wasn't it? Hmm. 
Nope. So, of course, Luke Cage next. Of course. It's it's perfectly, as of right now, it's perfectly done. Oh, absolutely, and that's a that's a and that's a show that nails the authenticity of the culture too. Exactly, which I was very surprised by because I wouldn't expect that level of like detail from Marvel for some reason. Because I because like I was I was expecting like a white person's idea of blackness, cultural blackness, but no, it's it's like you know what it is because Marvel is not culturally clueless. Yeah, that's, judging especially judging by what they did for Luke Cage and for. And for um, Black Panther, mm-hmm. yeah, they they hire the right people behind the camera, yeah. and uh, they they get it done. Exactly. Yeah. So in the next month, and speaking of Luke Cage, he was a villain, which I wish, I really, really, really wish they didn't kill him off. Oh, it was a Cottonmouth Cornell Cottonmouth Stokes. Like <laughs> I would have loved to see him like form some type of union with like Kingpin or something. Yeah, like like Mahershala Ali, he played the, the hell out of that and role. He nailed it, especially like that one scene where he had the biggie po- the biggie picture in back of him. Yeah, and he walks in front of it, and then the crown is just like right there at his head. Yep. That was a that was a dope shot. Yeah, and then like just the way like he embodied that like that role as like the like that villainous role. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was pit. I did not want him to. I thought he was a better villain than um than Diamondback. Oh, absolutely! Like like like. With uh, Mahershala Ali as Cottonmouth, he had that charisma. Exactly, he was he was, he was very charming, and that and that laugh. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Quincy Thomas said he was the highlight of that show. I wouldn't say he was the only highlight. Yeah, but he he helped make the show work. He did. He, um, and although I will say, like Diamondback, I didn't think he was bad, but I thought he was definitely over over the top for the tone of the show. Right. Like I was like he he would actually fit more in the MCU movies than he would on the gritty. Uh, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, yeah than the gritty TV sh- series. Yeah, but but he, but even so, like oh, and also with that, I got special mention has to be given to Alfred Woodard's character, Mariah um, Dillard. Yeah, because she was just conniving. Yeah, yeah, and, and Alfred Woodard. I'm so glad that an actress of her caliber is getting real work like but that. But the thing was, I've never seen Alfred Woodard like. I think like the worst role that I saw in that made me like not not like her. Come on, the final fight with the suit was trash. Uh, I, I I wouldn't say I wouldn't. Say, well, what were you gonna say? I'll I'll address this in a moment. Well, I was gonna say like like I think the closest thing I saw her in a movie that I didn't that I didn't like her character was um down in the down in the Delta. I've heard of it. And she wasn't even it. really that bad of a character. I was just like, it's like it's not like I. Precious mom hated her, but like mm-hmm. I didn't. I felt some type of way about the character. Mm. But where this one is like, you act. I actually like liked to hate her. Yeah, that's true. And like, and her backstory along with the uh, Cottonmouth was actually really tragic when they were kids. Yeah, it was tragic, but yeah, and it's just like, and you felt for it. Yeah, and their mother. Oh man, I forgot the name of their mother. She was like a big drug kingpin. Yeah, I for, I forgot the character's name. But like, but yo, she had a dark. She was like one of the darkest villains. Yeah, she was. Yeah. But what was you gonna say about the final fight in Luke Cage? 
the Final Fight and Luke Cage were, I thought, yeah, it, it did have an element of cheese to it, but I thought it was very good. I thought it was entertaining because to me, it was like a comic version of the Final Fight from Friday between Debo and Ice Cube. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you had like the whole crowd, the whole community, like behind Luke, and he's like, "Yo, come." Yeah, I, I got that feel to it. Yeah, that's a good that that's a good comparison. Yeah, so couldn't it have been a bit. Couldn't the fight scene? Couldn't the fight choreography been a bit? Could have been better. I would say a bit. Yeah, but you know, Luke Cage has never been a flashy fighter. Like he's because he's, he's bulletproof. Yeah, he, he's bulletproof. He's he's a brawler. Yeah. yeah, he just like just picks you up and just throws um, you like trash. Next one, a decent villain. I wouldn't say he was be, he would have been my favorite, but a very decent one was Deathlock. Yo, I've 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 always been curious about reading his uh comics. Is he, he was he a straight villain or is it like an anti-hero or He was a well, I can only go by cuz he was actually portrayed in, in um Agents of Shield by J August Richards who played Richard Street in the Temptations movie. Okay. Um he was a villain who was manipulated by Hydra. He was built by Hydra and he was manipulated by them. Mm-hmm. But it's like he had... It was almost like a Killmonger. Like he had a bigger purpose. Mm. Like he was just trying to have a good life for his son. Provide a good life for his son. He was a single parent. Mm-hmm. But his son got taken away. So you know, he participated in this, in these experiments to become Deathlock. Mm-hmm. But he was, he basically did it for his son. Okay. So like, and then later on, you know, he actually has like a certain. He turns around and becomes a good guy, and he was in the show like very sporadically. After a while, he kind of just fizzled out. As far you know, when certain, when like they started bringing in the Inhumans and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was okay. I hmm. like it was a pretty, it was decent how they did it. Pretty cool. It was cool for, for um, Agents of Shield, mm-hmm. which I still need to finish. Yeah, so how many seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, is there? Six. Six? Yeah. Wow. And uh, like, it doesn't really tie into the MCU in any significant way, right? It's in the same It's in the same MCU. Um, some tie-ins, a few tie-ins, mm-hmm. but they kind of are doing like their own thing. Okay. Gotcha. So um, can't, you can't leave out Nick Fury played by Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, of course not. As a matter of <laughs> fact, Samuel L. Jackson was the inspiration for... Black Nick Fury. Yep, he was. I remember that. Yeah, but I will say this to some credit: David Hasselhoff had the look of. Oh, the original of, Nick Fury. Yeah, I remember that. He had ni- the look. Remember that nineties nineties show? No, I remember <laughs> it, but I never watched it. I did, and it's totally forgettable. Yeah, yeah it is because yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, Nick Fury. David Hasselhoff did Nick Fury. Yeah, he was Nick Fury at one point. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's Samuel Jackson doing? <laughs> like that's literally it. Samuel Jackson gonna be in Infinity War? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm gonna look like you it. hear his voice in the trailer, mm-hmm. but it could have been like something old. Yeah, um, I, I think ultimately he will be because he's been in hiding since uh, Winter Soldier. Right. I mean, he did appear in a couple of episodes of Agents of Shield. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, um, I'll look into that. Misty Knight. Ah, uh, yes. She's actually becoming such a cool character. Within the Marvel Netflix series. Yeah, she's got the cybernetic arm for season two of Luke Cage. Yeah. And I think that's gonna be like a tie-in. Well, because in the com in the comics, Tony Stark builds that cybernetic arm. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know if they're gonna do that. Um, I think it's um uh Danny Rand's company, Rand Industries, that builds it for her. I think so. Yeah. I mean, and Quincy Thomas says he's in there. Good. Okay. Nice. So yeah, and Simone Missick like just nailing that character. Absolutely. And she's freaking gorgeous as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not to mention, not to mention one thing. There was a a cartoon called Superhero Squad Show. Yeah. Tamara Mowry actually played the voice of Misty Knight in one episode. Oh, really? Huh. I'm like so ready to YouTube that and just see, first of all, see how they drew Misty Knight. Mm-hmm. And like just hear the voice and just be like, oh my God, it's such a, it's a, it's a show for kids, by the way. Okay. So I'm yeah. not expecting to be, I'm not expecting any type of MCU-like mm-hmm. acting. Yeah. Or any anything <laughs> quality, just... Yeah, it's something. Something for the some watered down for the kids. Yeah, something quaint from the nineties. Right. <laughs> um, Miles Morales. Of course, I still got to read his comics, man. Yeah, and I still believe I can do it. No, you can't, Carl. <laughs> I'm not. If I can get in enough shape, and if they can, if they can make Michael Douglas and Kurt Russell look young, and Ant Man and Guardian and Guardians too. They can shave a good 10 years off of me, 10, 15 years off of me. Well, Carl, the first thing you got to do is you got to go to acting school or take some serious acting classes. I'll be willing to do that. And I I don't think you'll get the role, man. I mean, no. I mean, you're not Donald Glover, so. Donald Glover is the same age as me, and he doesn't play, he's not playing Miles Morales. Yeah, I know. I know. He's actually, he plays um, in Spider-Man Homecoming, he's actually Miles Morales' uncle. yeah. Uh, that's right, yeah. Because I know fans wanted him to play Miles Morales. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, Carl, they're they're gonna give the role to some up and coming, you know, youngster. Everybody hates Chris. That's what I heard. <laughs> I think he was actually like they were looking at him to do it too. Mm, nah, I can't see that. I, I can't see it either. Nothing against uh Tyler Williams, I believe his name. Tyler is? James Williams. Yeah. yeah, nothing against him, but as Miles Morales, I do not see it at all. Nah. Just give it to some someone someone new, someone unknown. I think they really do have to be half black and half Hispanic as well. Because that's what Miles Morales is. Yeah. Oh yeah. They'll yeah. They can find somebody. Oh yeah. They they they, they should. You know, I mean that's I mean to have accurate casting, they, they ought to. So that, that that disqualifies you from playing the character. I'm raised around Dominicans. I can pill it up. That doesn't mean anything shit. <laughs> Um, it's like, oh, you know who's actually playing his voice in um Into the Spider Verse? Oh, who? Shamik Moore. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I did mention that once on during one of the uh, news and headlines. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Storm. Mm-hmm. Storm's a dope character, and now with the you know Fox and Disney merger. Yeah, I'm very interested to see like who they would cast. Who they would cast. I think maybe they'll still use uh They better not use no goddamn Alexandra Ship. What's wrong with Alexandra Ship? She's like bright and three shades of white. <laughs> I mean so she is, so yeah, she is beige. So Storm was not beige. Hey, li- listen, do you do you you do realize that all 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 us black folk are different shades, right? Correct, but I mean that, yeah, but Storm wasn't that light. It's a different iteration of the character. Uh, I don't see. I didn't. First, I didn't even believe in her in X Men Apocalypse. Okay, give me somebody I can believe in. Don't blame her. Blame the script. And then, not to mention, you know, you okay. So it's pretty well known that, especially with all the memes going on, that Storm actually is actually supposed to be married 
to the Black Panther. Yeah. But what I also end up learning too mm. is that um, Nakia actually turns bad. Really? Yeah. And Lupita Nyong'o actually said that if they do decide to bring Storm mm-hmm. as T'Challa's love interest, mm-hmm. she would want to go bad. Hmm. That would be intriguing. Be most intriguing. See, exactly. Quincy Thomas, Storm is chocolate, bro. Okay, listen, man. Hey, let's let's give Alexander Ship a chance. Yes, she. she yes. No, she got a chance. I mean, no, it she was, got a chance. Don't blame her. Blame the script for Apocalypse. It wasn't her fault. But like, give her a chance to shine in the Dark Phoenix movie coming out, which I'm sure is not going to be all that. But still, um, give give her a fair chance. And I will say, you know, give her a chance to wash away the stink of that Aaliyah Lifetime movie. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, oh my god! Why'd you bring that up? I, I still can't believe I watched that. Yeah, hey, Quincy Thompson. Nope. Thomas, excuse me. Ah, uh, see, I, I I tried, man. Listen, I'm just saying. Um, another role that I could see myself playing, if they, you know, well, I'm not even gonna go for it because it's DC and they'll mess it up. Static Shock. Hmm. Static Shock was a cool character. I think they would have. I think. Well, I I think I was told that. Um, it's okay, Vig. We know Team Light Skin. <laughs> what, what? What can I say? What can I say? Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, Static Shock. Static Shock. I thought about it. I was like, I could play Static Shock, but I'm like, it's a DCU. They probably have to like horribly edit out my goatee that I worked so hard to get. <laughs> Well, isn't Static Shock like a fourteen-year-old or something? He's young, but yeah, he's a high schooler. Carl, yeah, you're, you're thirty-four, man. Thirty-three. <laughs> Thirty-three. I know he is. My life. What the hell's wrong with you? Man? But yeah, I, I would love to see a Static Shock uh, a movie or even a or even a television series. Better, I would say it'd be better off as a television series. I think that would that could be something that the CW can get right because mm. I honestly would have thought like. I mean, I'm sure Black Black Lightning, from what I heard, um, brings in Static Shock, but I think they would have been better off and actually getting a better response by just bringing in Static Shock himself. Yeah. And then later on, bringing Black Lightning, or possibly having Black Lightning be part of the show as like a mentor. Hmm. That that be that be dope. Yeah, kind of tying tying the two together. Yeah, because Static Shock honestly is a much more popular character. Yeah. Than Black Lightning. Mm, indeed. Yeah. And um last on my list. Actually, no, it's not it's not. I got one more after this. Eric Killmonger. Yes. Hey Auntie. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. I had to Google that scene and just watch a bad copy of YouTube. A bad copy of that scene on YouTube. Oh. It I, was hilarious. Oh, I managed to see uh, Black Panther twice. Um uh, I saw it a second time uh, last oh, weekend. I wish I could. Man, uh it it was it was just it was just so good. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, man, definitely the best villain in the MCU. And I actually heard that he's it's actually better if you do see it when you do see it a second time. It is. I, I actually, agree. Like I, I've heard many people say that they went to go see it twice and they loved it even more the second time. Oh yeah, that's true. It, like I, I that's, that's the same was true for me. Like especially with uh with Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger, like just just seeing his motivations again, and especially like his father, why he 
Like he didn't. His father Randall. never. Yeah, Randall. <laughs> or like, like he never turned away from Wakanda. Like he, he said that yo, black people are over policed. They're oppressed. Well, we got, we have the resources to help our people. They are pretty yeah. much our own. And you know, T'Chaka was like, nah, f that son. And then, <laughs> yeah, that, that that that's like one of the best like origin stories for a villain I've seen. Yeah, I would say that. And then my last one. This is actually a character. Who I would I actually did a little bit of research on because I heard them mention it in another podcast that I listened to. And brother, it's his name is Brother Voodoo. Mm-hmm. Now he's had some run-ins with um with the Black Panther, mm-hmm. but he's actually like more of a uh, Doctor Strange villain. Okay. So it's he's basically yeah his powers are voodoo but with mysticism. Yeah. Involved. So it's basically like Doc Strange Doctor Strange's powers, but just in a darker realm. Okay. So I would like love to see him in the MCU. And I will campaign that Michael K. Williams from The Wire play him. Mm. Yo, Michael K. Williams is that dude. Exactly. He he can play he can play that dark character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can. And I think he can ju- I think he would just embody that role. Yeah, and it would be a great Netflix series. It would. It would. It would be an expensive one. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But, yo, Netflix, like, they're literally pumping out, I think, over 500 original shows and movies this year alone. So they they have the money. They could do it. Yeah. Yeah. And to see Michael K. Williams in a in a superhero film of any kind. Yeah. Like, this. That'd be dope. Yeah, especially like a character like Brother Voodoo, like Brother Voodoo, mm-hmm. and with Michael K. Williams playing him, like he will strike fear mm. into kids. He would, yeah. I'll... Maybe even adults watching this. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm down for that. Yo, let's 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 do it. Marvel, get on them. So that's my list. Yeah, you know what? I must say that you know pretty much. Everything that you hit on my list was on was on my list too. So I really can't say. Although I will, have, I do have two, maybe two other additions. Um, of course, we can't forget uh, Falcon Sam Wilson. Anthony Mack is doing it. He is. I don't think he's that great of a character, but he's a good like supporting character. He is. He is. And um, although I've I've heard good things about his run in the comics as Captain America. Yeah. Um, which I which I am curious about. Uh, I I do like I do like uh. No, keep going. I do like uh Anthony Mackie's turn as the Falcon. You know that 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 practice. It's just an ordinary dude, just an ordinary man with like some cool tech. Yeah. Like you know, putting it to use. So like, he's definitely a good, a good uh. I, I don't want I don't want to even want to say psychic, but a good supporting character right. for Captain America. Yeah. And I'm I was thinking I think I do have his Marvel. Sam Wilson's Captain America, his Marvel, his um hip hop variant cover. Yeah, issue. with the based on the ASAP Rocky yes. cover. Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure I got it. Yeah, that was yeah, that was that's a, that's a dope cover. Yeah, yeah. and um and also uh one also there was a couple characters from the DC uh, universe. Um, one that that I've that I've played as in Injustice Two, Firestorm. He's fun. To, he's fun to play. No, uh, Blue Beetle is actually the one I like playing. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, Blue, yeah, Blue Beetle is definitely a, a stronger character. Uh, Firestorm, I don't know much about except that he's a fusion of two characters, kind of like one of those characters in Dragon Ball Z, or two of those yeah. characters. Yeah, oh, like Go Tanks or Gogeta. Yeah, um, 
but maybe less cooler. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and uh, I will say, um, and yes, this is referencing a garbage movie, but I do appreciate the character uh, Amanda Waller, played by Viola Davis in Suicide Squad. Okay. Um, I, I do like her no-nonsense villainy where she's all about getting the job done no matter like ethics do not mean a thing to her like she will murder you in cold blood if it means getting the mission done and i like how amanda waller in the comics and even in the dc animated shows is like morally ambiguous Mm -hmm. where she's sort of like a person who is definitely overtly manipulative like you know like you agree that she's on the she's on the right side of the law so to speak but you don't agree with her methods by any means necessary method. Yeah, and that kind of makes her interesting too, as like this, as like a weird, unique, a compelling power figure. You know, it's more than than your average stock. You know, boss who deliver, who gives orders. Like, like there's more to her character, and um, and you know, Viola Davis is one of the greatest actors of our generation, and yeah. and I Rhode wish, yeah, Rhode Island's own, and I wish she was better served, better served with a with a better movie. But you know what? I think she was one of the bright spots, one of the very few bright spots in Suicide Squad. Yeah, definitely. So, you know what? I w- if if the DCU if the DCEU does reboot, I hope they keep her Viola Davis's uh, Amanda Waller in the the rebooted films. Yeah, at this point, I don't. Think, I can't see anybody else playing her. Well, let me see. I think, um, maybe. Well, Angela Bass said she's getting she's playing Ramonda. Ooh, that yeah. is Queen Ramonda. Queen Ramonda, yeah. DC better leave that girl alone. Uh, Alfred Woodard, she's nope, on. No, she's Mariah Dillon. She's nailing it. Dang. Um, Octavia Spencer. No. D- no. D- maybe. No. No. I mean, I, I, that was it, Willie it, it, Battle's mother and Coach Carter. I get more of a mother <laughs> feel for her. <laughs> I, like I would love for her to play Mike, play for like her or. Um, oh my god, what is it? It's like, oh, Jennifer Lewis to like play my TV mama. Oh, yeah, Jennifer Lewis. Yeah, yeah, and I don't even see her do it because they're, they're, they're like, they have that mother role. Yeah, like, but Jennifer Lewis, she played that like that stern, like, no nonsense mother with, with sass. Yeah, that's kind of like my mother. With my mom has less sass, though. Mm. My mom's a little more humble than that. Right? <laughs> oh. No, she played a humble mother once, and uh, stern yet humble mother. And um, uh, you would, it's a movie you probably never watched, but I like went to see this like on a date years ago. Mm-hmm. It's called The Cookout with uh, Eve. It uh, was like just, it was kind yeah. of just like, eh, let's go see this. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Is it one of those like straight to video? No, it was in the theater. Wow. Wow. Um, oh, yes. Quincy Thomas uh, mentioned, I, I can't believe I forgot this character, Isaiah Bradley, the first black, the first, well, the first Captain America. He was known as Truth right. in the comics. I've never read Truth. Me neither. But I heard, I heard a lot of good things about it. Mm-hmm. And that was one I've always wanted to read for years, but I never, ever got around to. Looks like we need, looks like we need to take a trip to Rock Cocos. Yeah. In fact, um, if Rock Cocos has it, I'll pick it up. If not, then I can order it. But yo, truth is one that I've always wanted to read. In fact, like I remember, like there was like uh, an excerpt I I, I read uh, from the comic where like Isaiah Bradley like showed up showed up at like this um, some sort of like a, a event honoring some heroes, some or like 
black heroes of the past. And Isaiah Bradley was there. And then Wolverine, and then I think, I think Wolverine, Wolverine was there and some other character was like, hey, who's that guy? Why are they honoring him? And they point to Isaiah Bradley. And Wolverine said something like, oh, you don't know? And then, uh, somehow, I must be, I might be misremembering, but there was something, it was a scene like that. So, but yeah, you know what? I would love to see, and since Mar- and since Marvel is getting into more, more political themes in their movies a bit, I, w- I would love to see a an, an Isaiah Bradley truth movie f- in the in the MCU. That'd be dope. Like that'll be dope. Like it can probably happen in the ne- in the next phase. Yeah, like they could like like they could set it up where. Like Captain, like Steve Rogers was the first successful super soldier, but they, but then it's like, well, what happened with the, with the, with the real first uh, test run, and then what happened of that, what to that dude? Yeah, that would be a real interesting yeah. story. Also, I do want to pick, bring in Kyrie, who was in the Son of Shaolin, mm-hmm. uh, paperback that we read. Oh yes, that's a. I can't wait for. I can't wait for book two, man. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> it should be out by now. Mm. Yo, yeah, but Kyrie is. Again, let's know. <laughs> yeah, Kyrie's a dope character, man. And you know what, Son of Shaolin. If I, if that, w- would you rather see Son of Shaolin if it was adapted as a movie, as a live action or animated? I don't see both. Why not? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's definitely it got picked up by um, the Rocks Production Company. Ah, okay. Yeah. In- indeed. But yeah, man, lots of lots of great uh, black characters, heroes and villains in the and, comic world. Yeah, man. and there's more to come with you know Marvel becoming more diverse and coming more diverse. Like I can mm-hmm. see that there's definitely gonna be more to come. Um, yeah. so I'm gonna get into question of the week. Okay. Um, I'm actually gonna go back for the past two weeks because last week I didn't read everybody's answers, and I just when I listened back, I didn't realize I, that's when I realized it. So the first we were was it was in honor of Valentine's Day. So who was your favorite superhero couple? Okay. So John Aponic said Phoenix and Cyclops. Mm-hmm. And um Phoenix Horizon 1614 said Wolverine and Jean Grey or Rogue and Gambit. Mm-hmm. All right, and I think there I wanna say there was some on the Facebook geez, I post a lot since then. Okay, I don't think I can. That's a lot of scrolling I would have to do. So I'll just do the Instagram for now. And then last week's was, who was your favorite uh, black superhero? And we actually had some good responses to this. Um, Gotham City Angel says, shout outs to her. She says, I love them all, but in the end, I'd have to go with the real Trevor Noah. (laughs) (laughs) I like Trevor Noah, too. I want to read his book. Oh, yeah. Um, John Aponic says, Storm in a heartbeat. I'm actually surprised he chose the Marvel character. Yeah. A close runner-up is Jon Stewart as Green Lantern, but she was so great in X-Men. Pedro Segura said, Spawn. Mm -hmm. And then Shelton Lamar Lyons 3 says, Black Panther. Okay. Good answers. I I know there was some trick. Oh, man. Well, some tweets. Yeah, there were some tweets about it. We, that was oh. actually a good one, though. Yeah, you know what? I would say like I've heard some some talk about getting John Stewart the the John Stewart uh, Black pa- Black Panther, <laughs> John Stewart Green Lantern in a live action DC film, and I heard that like 
I've seen like some photoshops of like Tyrese in the. I in the, Tyrese was interested in doing it. Yeah, which at this point, man, you might as well make it a comedy because people are just gonna meme the hell out of it. Oh, of course. <laughs> okay, so on Twitter, so at ab underscore pmv eighty eight says after the movie Black Pan after the movie Black Panther, but got to mention Luke Cage, Storm, and Ultimate Nick Fury. Does Jesus Shuttleworth count? Hashtag he got game. <laughs> Denzel Washington. Yo, he got game was a it was a decent movie, man. It was. Yeah. It was. Um <laughs> Friend of the show, Curtis Parvin at Dollar Store Films says Blade. Mm-hmm. Of course. And Ron Coco's Reagan mm-hmm. says Luke Cage. Ah, okay. All right. Indeed. So, um, this week's question of the week, which Saturday morning cartoon would you like to see get a reboot? Oh, wow. Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, dang. You know what? I'm going to go with uh, Dog City. I don't remember Dog City. No, it was on. It was a Saturday morning cartoon, cartoon on Fox. Yeah. I don't remember it. No? Was it short-lived? Did it get canceled? Like Fox has I th- I think it, to do? I think it, it lasted a good while, like a couple of years. It was decent. Okay. Um, Gargoyles. Mm. That was Saturday morning? I thought it was more like oh, weekdays. That was a, yeah, that was weekdays. Yeah. Um, you know what? Biker Mice from Mars. Yeah, I remember biker mice. I, I, I would like to see. I would like to see how this how this new generation would react to them. Yeah, and I remember the uh, Super Nintendo game, the racing game for biker oh, mice from Mars. Yeah. That was fun. That was really fun. Oh man! So um, yeah, that's gonna be on our social medias for the over the next couple of weeks. I mean, for the next couple of days, like a day or two. Um. So yeah, you can follow us on um, Instagram at Codex Prime Podcast, Twitter. Facebook, iTunes, leave us a five star review, or you can just simply email us at codexprimepodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, anything yeah. else I'm forgetting? Google Play, SoundCloud, mm-hmm. iTunes, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube as well. Also, and um, I got a couple of shout outs I want to give. Yeah. Uh, one to uh, Kev, Mr. Kev for its hair. You know, he actually hooked me up with this and uh, Us We Trust uh, t shirt. It's uh basically a clothing line that he um st- that he started where most of the proceeds will usually go to um various different charities in our community so um mm-hmm. glad to support that. And um also I want to b- b- give a big shout outs to uh Bunny. I want go Brooklyn Bunny but at Bunny my game you on all the social media um website she gave us um she gave us a uh shout out on her podcast that just relaunched girls can't geek along mm-hmm. with uh jessica eve and sd trinity yeah so you know big shout outs to big shout outs to her for doing that you know? yeah and uh and and to bunny uh my name is victor victor omoyo not omar <laughs> yeah i had a good laugh at that yeah but but thank you for the shout out for the podcast all the same yes and also big shout out she just tuned in they just tuned in to zachary jane vasquez saying hello from the philippines oh wow yeah, okay wow from the philippines oh thank you for thanks for tuning in you know thanks for your support yeah so yeah that's our show for this week uh 
Yeah, so that's our show uh, for this week. Um, join us uh, next week for episode 112. 112. Yeah, that was coming. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. Um, we're we're going to be talking about our unpopular opinions. And you know Victor is full of them. I'm not full of unpopular opinions, man. You know, the, you know the, the, I'll say this. The only problem that... No, some... no, 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 no. Save it for next week. Save it for next week because you know you're going to get some hate. No, no, no. no. I, I, I'm just, I'm just going to say this. The only problem people that some people have with my opinions is that, oh, Victor's a hater because his opinions are different from mine. Therefore, I'm going to dismiss him by calling him a hater. That's all it is. That's all it is. But, you know, we're going to get into our unpopular opinions next week on all sorts of things like movies, video games, TV, food, wrestling, culture, life, whatever. Books, sports teams, Dallas. (laughs) Anyway. Kiss my ass. (laughs) But, yeah, so thank you for tuning in. And as always, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.